Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm the host of CHGO White Sox podcast, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. And we have a special guest joining us at the top of the show. show. I met him out at the CHGO uh, White Sox tailgate on uh, June 22nd. It was great to meet him out there. Uh, had some sketchbook beer as well that he brought out and, and had people t- uh, tasting. I also kind of met him in the first episode you and Tanny did yep. where you guys went and met this guy, Brewmaster Jay Westbrook. What's up, Jay? Hey, what's happening, everybody? Appreciate y'all having me this afternoon. Excited to have you on. Uh, yeah, why don't you tell us about your, the first experience of uh, you and Jay sitting down and talking with Tanny? Uh, it was good. I mean, like, I met Jay um, years ago through Shakia Taylor, who we've had mm-hmm. on the show before, where he, he was working at Nisei Lounge and just chopping it up, so talking. Went out for his birthday one time in uh, <laughs> uh, Wicker Park. Um, yeah, and just... You know, through this, I he I didn't know at the time when I met him that he was a brewmaster, and then like he came out with the Harold's eighty three honey wheat ale, and I was like, man, what? I like you know, firstly, as brothers, I didn't know we had brewmasters, and Jay can tell you a little bit more about himself on how he got started in this journey, and then we'll get further into the summer fifty four beer. But Jay. Tell the folks about yourself, you know, to this new audience. You know, we bet you had locked on socks, but tell the people here at uh, CHGO White Sox about yourself and how you got started. I appreciate that. Uh, again, I'm Jay Westbrook. Uh, I kind of kind of get tickled at the thought of this uh, this brewmaster narrative. I go by the Black Beer Baron. That is my name, my company name. Um, I've been actively brewing beer for almost three years now, but it's been a way longer journey trying to get into brewing. So uh, as you alluded to her, uh, there aren't very many of us in this industry, less than 1% of all breweries are black owned. And I just feel like craft beer space is yet another space where we can be a little bit more reflective of the consumer base. That's cool. Yeah. And then when you came up and, People in Chicago know Harold's. And how did you come up with the Harold's Honey Wheat Ale uh, that came out a couple of years ago, which delicious? Uh, me and my co-collaborator, uh, Sam Ross, who actually full-time brews over at Goose Island now, proof positive that the Harold's 83 Honey Project worked. He came to me with this idea about a apiary over in the North Lawndale neighborhood that basically took parolees fresh out of prison and started teaching them how to be beekeepers. So I already had my fascinating story, which checks a personal box of mine. Uh, two, it's showing love for the city of Chicago, which also checks a personal box of mine. But it also gives a little insight and history into you know, what the city of Chicago means to me. And speaking to Harold's 83 Honey specifically, it was named for Harold Washington becoming the first black mayor of Chicago back in 1983. It's also a little hat tip to uh, Harold's chicken and also uh, this guy, if you can see him. Oh, he also had a, pretty good, he had a pretty good 1983 as well. <laughs> and me being the Sox guy that I am, I'm always going to rep my sports fandom and try to tell that story as well, which is how we ended up at Summer of 54, which is what we're here to actually talk about. And, yeah. and speaking of Summer of 54, we see behind you, 
that number nine. And also to see the one dog, my man's. I mean, I tried it a couple years ago, Summer 54, and now it's the Summer 54 Hall of Fame edition brew that you guys are going to be tapping on tomorrow, Friday night at Guaranteed Rate at Shy Sox Bar and Grill. Tell the folks a little bit more about that journey of uh, Summer 54, which I have the shirt on. And I appreciate that love. Great branding right there. It looks good um, blue, too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So uh, this is actually the second incarnation of Summer 54 that I produced with Haymarket. The first edition was uh, last year. I did that in collaboration with all of our friends and insanely talented collaborator, uh, Shakia Taylor. It was actually her idea to kind of tell this story about Ernie Banks and Minnie Minoso. So I did some research and I landed in the summer of 54 because one that's the that's the year in the season my mother was born but i also found out that it was the first full season that both the north side and the south side had a black ball player on their team so we kind of wanted to hone in on a summer 54 and so we went from there and you know started doing a little bit more digging a little bit more research came to a flavor profile of mango and ruby red grapefruit Ruby red grapefruit being a state fruit of Texas, where uh, where Ernie Banks is from, and mango being huge in Cuba, where we all know that Minnie Minoso is from. So, uh, as I often say, the beer is the easy part. It's all about the story and the narrative and who we're who we're saying what to and what are we saying to them. So we wanted to hone in on that friendship. We got involved with uh, Lost Boys Inc., which is an anti-violence initiative down the street from my home in South Shore. Uh, Levante Stewart runs that and keeps kids off the streets by getting them involved with the game of baseball and softball. So we just all we, like all of those boxes that I spoke on earlier got checked and we took it and ran with it. And it was a huge success, but it was a little bit strong for most folks. We're talking eight, eight and a half percent ABV. And I love y'all and I want to see y'all have a good time, but I also want y'all to be okay enough to come back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we did some up. Uh, we did some uh, perfecting of the recipe this go around. We doubled the output. This batch was actually produced in the Haymarket Production Brewery over in Bridgman, Michigan. Uh, we we brought that ABV down to seven, which is still a hearty beer. But again, you're able to have multiples and uh, it's on that borderline of sessionable. But most people have an elevated ABV palette anyway these days. So I felt like 7% was a nice round number for all people to enjoy summer 54. We're talking to Jay Westbrook. He is the he is a brewmaster, and you can follow him at Major League uh, on Twitter, and you also can follow him on uh, Instagram at Black Beer Baron. Uh, Jay, so going back to your childhood, can you like connect why you got into beer? Like, is there a certain moment that you look back and be like, "Oh, this makes sense." Like, oh, this makes sense why I'm a, a brewmaster because obviously it seems that you know uh, being a uh, a, a black brewery is very important and you, it keeps coming up in, in every uh, beer that you end up uh, creating. Um, but was yeah. there a certain childhood memory for you? Not specifically a childhood memory per se. It was more so of a, what do I want to do? Because I don't want to be an employee all my life. I don't want to invest my time and energy and my gifts and talents to building someone else's legacy when there is an opportunity to not only build my own, but set the table for the next generation of folks. And that's really what I'm here to do. I'm 40 years old now, and I've been around the block eight, nine, 10 times. So I really just want to serve the purpose of letting that kid in college know at that keg party that, hey, you can also produce this and not just in brewing. 
you know, there's space for graphic designers, there's space in marketing, there's space for glass brewers, there's space for everybody in craft beer. And that's really the message that I wanted to put out when I entered the industry, because I know how hard it was for me to get in it. So it's just all about, you know, letting people know that this is possible. And not only do you not need them, you can do it on your own. When did you like get in it? When you, you talk about the process, when did you feel like you got accepted or at least got into the brewing industry? Well, it all started back in 2017 when I made my official entrance into the service hospitality industry for the sole purpose of getting into brewing. So I had to work my way up from a bar back to a bartender. Then I started lead training over at a theater on the lake over on Fullerton and Lakeshore Drive. But, you know, I started to feel this acceptance when I would ask people about the processes of making beer, about what goes into it, the math and the science and the chemistry and those hard, long days in a hot brew house where you're basically you're, you're doing 30 minutes spurts of frenzied activity then you're standing around for two hours cleaning because that's basically what the brewer, the brewing process is. And I found myself fascinated by that instead of running you know, away from all these perceived negatives, I found it interesting. And I was like, you know what, I really want to do this. So right around when the pandemic hit was when Harold's 83 Honey first went to market and quarantine allowed me to just immerse myself fully because I didn't have to worry about going to bartend or being an employee. I was able to basically grow and cultivate a business from my bedroom. I'd love to talk to you about the jerseys behind yourself, too, because uh, many obviously big because of the summer 54 beer. Uh, but one dog, I feel like he's a Sox legend that doesn't get a ton of love. So uh, seeing a one dog jersey is pretty sweet. Yeah, one dog is my favorite uh, Sox player growing up. I mean, I just loved his defensive range. And actually, funny story, I got this jersey because I still do bartend at Nisei Lounge. And I was at one of Shakia Taylor's events. I think it was for Jackie Robinson Day. And I, always, I wanted to represent uh, a, an underappreciated Black Sox player. And I was like, wait a minute. One dog played for the Sox and the Cubs. There's no way these people up in Lakeview are going to give me crap about this jersey. They still did. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> and, and being a White Sox fan, I'm sure this first half of the season has been rough on you. Uh, any aspirations, any predictions coming up for this second half, which Sean and I are going to talk about after uh, we talk to you. Anything you are looking forward to in this second half for the Shy Sox? I'm not going to lie to y'all. I am a Libra, which means I'm a master at emotional detachment. I have just been watching this team objectively since probably the second week of May without feeling a thing. Uh, like even when, when, when TLR walked buddy with two strikes, oh. I, I, I was more <laughs> like, I, I, I was more into Freddie Freeman's surprise reaction. And it brought me great joy because I, I refuse to let this team upset me. I'm still a fan of this team. I will remain a fan of this team, but I'm not going to let them hurt me to quote little John. If you don't give a damn, I don't give a, you know, the rest. So in terms of, <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, uh, you know, what I expect out of, uh, the second half of the season. The answer is nothing, nothing like you're not going to disappoint me. You're not going to make me happy. We just have a relationship where we're just going about our business. We're going through the motions until it's over. Yeah, and it's tough to just I mean, I have so much emotion to this team just because 2019 was great. 2020 was great. 2021 was great. Um, and it just feels like, I don't know, your buddy showing up a di an hour late to dinner. Like, I, it just feels disrespectful Like yeah. at, at this point, 92 yeah. games into this. At this point, let's chase individual goals. I am really enjoying watching Dylan Cease's upward trajectory. 
And I'm, I mean, obviously I love Tim Anderson, but you know, like I said, I don't really like the, the bar is the floor for me in the second half of the season. You can't possibly hurt me anymore. You're not going to suffer me into thinking that you have a legitimate chance of that wild card spot or even doing anything if you secure that. So I got and, good beer, though. Yes, you do. <laughs> and speaking of that good beer, you're going to be at Shy Sox Bar and Grill, which is right connected to Guarantee Rate Field tomorrow, Friday mm-hmm. night, right before the Guardians game. Tell the folks more about that. Yeah, so uh, uh, the Sox and also the Gibsons group are very, very gracious in allowing me to bring in this story and this beer ahead of Minnie Minoso's induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame Sunday. Uh, timing is everything, and we we kind of nailed it on this. But speaking of Shot Sox Bar and Grill, it'll be open like two and a half hours before game time. I'll be doing a light tapping, light tasting, so all are welcome. If you have tickets to the game, if not, We'll be tasting out Summer 54, the Hall of Fame edition, and also toasting Manny Minoso and the legacy that he created for himself and the rest of the black ball players that while reside in Chicago. I mean, you talked about uh, how, you know, you attach your emotions. Uh, attaching your emotions to the Summer 54 project, uh, how has that helped you connect to Manny, and, and what does Manny mean to you? Uh, actually, uh, I had the, 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 the great opportunity to spend some time with uh, both Charlie Rice Minoso and Sharon Rice Minoso uh, the evening that they got the call that Minnie was going into the Hall of Fame. Just so happened, again, I was working at Nisei that evening, and Minnie used to hang out around the corner at Sluggers, and I got word that, you know, Sharon and Charlie were both there and wanted to have a drink, and, you know, for a kid that just wants to make beer, that's incredibly fulfilling to hear this legend's family want to spend time with me, again, a kid that just wants to make beer. So, you know, it, it just, it, it's it's insanely fulfilling because it lets me know that, you know, I'm moving with deliberation and sincerity in the narratives and the stories that I tell via craft beer. It's a beautiful thing, man, and uh, good luck to you. I mean, I tasted the uh, sketchbook beer when we had it out here. We t- tasted the Summer 54 last year. Of course, look at that. There's a sketchbook beer. Uh, good luck. I will. The honey one, too. The honey, yeah, uh, Harold's. Yeah, Shake brought that one. Yeah, Harold's delicious. Yeah, we had a, a, a four-pack here. So good luck to you. I will not be out there tomorrow, but tell us where we could other, I mean, find this beer otherwise instead of uh, Shy Sox Bar and Beer. Uh, Shy Sox bar and grill where else can we find the summer 54 hall of fame edition beer uh you'll definitely be able to get it at nisei lounge uh just because we need that north side south side representation you can also get it at Haymarket's brew pub which is on 737 west randolph in the west loop we have a few more locations that we're in talks with so i will uh, definitely stay tuned to my twitter and my instagram the twitter is major league the uh, Instagram, it's also Major League, but also Black Beer Baron. So as I uh, as we secure these accounts, you guys will definitely be in the know to make it more accessible to everybody involved. And best of luck to you because it's it's great beer and it's a great cause. And uh, we love the Lost Boys. Um, we, we love Minnie Mignoso. We love Shakia Taylor. So, I mean, it's, it's we love Jay Westbrook. So, I mean, congrats to you. It's a family the, affair. The, the more <laughs> success to you. Uh, you can follow him again at Maja, M-A-J-A-L-E-E-G, and then at the Black Beer Baron on Twitter. Appreciate you, Jay, and best of luck tomorrow with the beer tapping. Appreciate y'all as well. Peace and love. Go Sox. <laughs>
That's a good Sox fan, man. Yeah. The, the one dog jersey got me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's deep. That's, that's going real deep into the, the archives right there. I mean, you got to be of a certain age to appreciate one dog uh, and his White Sox uh, career. Triples galore back then in the day. 77. Man. That man averaged 10 triples a year. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> just really ridiculous. And like I said, played a, a quality center field, a lot of range out there. Yeah, 90s White Sox, early 90s White Sox. It's my shit right there. And we want to apologize. Stefan Bardo saying, Herb, I was waiting for you. Took 30 minutes. Was not Herb's fault. Uh, this guy right here thought the show started at 1130. It did not. We don't have to break the fourth wall. It's all good. <laughs> we, we're on where we're on. I appreciate you, hey. Stefan. Thank you for waiting. We appreciate you, uh, but we get, we'll get you this episode as soon as we can. When we're all ready to go, we want to get you a quality one. And so we weren't all ready at the time that we're supposed to go on, but we have no rush here. Nobody else has to do a show after us. I had no rush looking for parking either. If I knew the Oof. show started at 11, I would have been here at like 11.10, but I was like, oh, I got to 11.30. Uh, and what's up, KPW and Brennan? Appreciate you guys joining us. And again, the best way to support CHGO, one way is to join us on these live shows and live podcasts and listening to the podcast and downloading them. But you can also support CHGO by downloading the PointsBet app and using code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. Make $50 or more for time deposit you receive a free chgo membership which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a chgo locker that's two thousand dollars in free bets a free chgo membership and a free t-shirt from a chgo locker all for making a first time deposit of fifty dollars or more using the points bet app if you have any questions you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out and points bets your home for live in play betting and it's just got even better if you see an edge in the game you're watching if your favorite team is primed for a comeback now that sports is finally back don't just watch the game bet along with it live there's more live betting more live markets and faster live cash outs with the points bet app so what are you waiting for it's time to elevate your live betting game download the points bet app right now and use promo code chgo and you sign up once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-52 call 1-800-GAM for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next product, Owen, is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-friendly, no gluten or dairy, and they're easily digestible. They got chocolate, vanilla, salted caramel, strawberry banana, and I first heard about Owen from CH, from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. That guy's running around every Sunday, avoiding tacklers. You saw Jason Peters say he's going to be a great quarterback because he's got all the tools, he's got all the intangibles, and he lives that plant-based life. So he's putting good into his body after he exerts all that energy. He's making sure he keeps his body at top shape, and that is by using Owen, a plant-based protein shake following a plant-based diet, and again, no artificial ingredients. It's allergen-friendly. There's no gluten or dairy. It's easily digestible. Owen and CHGO partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. That's L-I-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com. And with code CHGO20, you can get 20% off your first purchase, again, at liveowen.com. Join me and Justin Fields and try Owen. It's only what you need. All right. Herb, first off, it's it's very intimidating having the boss in the conference room, literally behind Steven. I see him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and from Denver. Yeah, our guy Brandon Spano's in the house, and you guys can't see him because it's like we're looking at the camera. If we're looking at you, Brandon's like right behind there, <laughs> behind a glass wall. He's like looking at us like, you guys better do a great job. Yeah, no, he's, he's not like untangling that. Untangling. I felt his, a lot better before I knew that. Now I'm, I'm really uptight. Hey, nice shoes, by the way, Steven. I didn't get a chance. We were uh, rushing in early. He's, he's rocking the uh, the Jordan uh, not, uh, Tar Heel uh, uh, Nikes. And but, it's a uh, weird thing. I was literally just in Denver. 
or the Denver area, did not see any of them because, you know, I was in the suburbs, and now he's here in Chicago. He knows, too. I should have gone and visited him now. He he, he came here just to yell at you for avoiding him. It's like, God damn it, come to Denver. (laughs) Shout out to Palehose Mike, who's dropping in a super chat early on in the morning. Thanks for helping make Act 1 of 2022 White Sox more bearable than I had any right to be. We appreciate you, Pal Hose Mike, uh, and we appreciate that we can make it enjoyable. Yeah, uh, I appreciate Pal Hose Mike. He's uh, very active in the Discord, which mm-hmm. you guys can be in there too if you become a member of AllCHGO, uh, com. Become a member. You can chat with folks like Sean, myself, Pal Hose Mike, Josh, I think, is in there. You get a free T-shirt. Free T-shirt. Pretty sure Brennan's in there. I mean, it's a good game. It's a free, good group. nice, good T-shirt. Um, I would suggest the CHGO uh was that the skyline? skyline. Yeah. Oh, I got one. Mercy. I tell really you nice. what. Hey, we got the Southside Bias one as well. That one's real tight, real new. And then uh, the Brawler Socks one. I Get wear on. that every uh, every other day. <laughs> Whenever it's clean. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to wear it too much here because people are like, oh, you're just out here chilling. You know, look at me. I just wear black t-shirts all the time. See, but my thing and is, they're I always feel like great. I don't wear the shirt enough. I feel no. like I'm too protective of the shirt. Nah, I mean, if you go back and, like, we have a year-end thing where we're just counting how many times a person has wore a uh, a shirt, you'll see me wearing this jersey, this shirt that's on the screen right now if you're listening on the podcast. It is the CHGO Skyline shirt. I'll wear that at least 17 times in this season. It's real clean. And I just got it, like, last week. Maybe we'll get some stats, you know, since I'm the math guy on this show. Maybe I'll get stats of shirts Herb has worn on the show. And, we'll and get I usually a, a always wear this hat, too. So Speaking, this white speaking of hat. being the math guy, Sean, you got a, a video coming up. Any idea what you're doing? Oh, for yeah. You? I have no idea. It's tomorrow, isn't it? No, Saturday. 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 Okay. Saturday. With the first game of the doubleheader? First game of the doubleheader. Because oh. I'm guessing, what, they don't play on NBC Sports Chicago tomorrow? I don't know. They must do, be do they play on Apple TV? I don't know. It's Sean Anderson who won Soxmath on Sunday. It's a shock of my life. He won Soxmath. Like, we've been doing it sporadically. Like, we're just sitting here sometimes during the games, and Sean will say the answer and then say, oh, it's too late because this guy got it. It's not in time. But I was away this time, and he sent to the answer. Uh, drunk uh, Sox fan Steve-O was here. Giving them love. That's probably why you have another smart person there. Literally, Steve O is Steve-O a smart. Steve O didn't help. Let's he, not give Steve O no, credit. No, but like he the energy, you have an actual person that, you know, you probably didn't want to embarrass yourself in front of. He's a teacher. I guess. I, I think, honestly, I was just so casual about it. It was the first time I wasn't like rushing. I was like, eh, if I get it, I get it. But uh, I was just quick at Googling. Uh, I didn't know who was in the 1933 All Star game for the Sox. Apparently, it's Jimmy Dykes and Al Simmons. And apparently, those guys had like 388 hits in, uh, in 1933. I don't know. Um, one idea I thought to have, I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, you ever see uh, Billy Madison? I have. Okay, you know that scene where uh, Steve Buscemi uh, is, like, calling him and he crosses mm. off the thing? Cross, yeah, puts on so lipstick yeah, after, yes. I was thinking, like, you know, lifetime achievements, and I'd be like, you know, work at the score, work at uh, CHGO, have my own podcast, whatever, and then it's like, win socks math, and then I cross that off. And it's oh, like, I thought you Back to you, Jason and Steve. That's pretty good. Her, That's pretty Herb, good. you weren't That's here for good. when he won. It was really funny, actually. I didn't even know he put his uh, response on Twitter. All of a sudden, I hear him go, oh, shit. I look up, what? I think I just won socks, man. <laughs> really weird response to winning something. Well, yeah. I, so I saw Chuck Garfine tweet out my answer, and I was like, oh, shit. That must be right. Yeah. If Chuck's tweeting it out, like, ch- Chuck can do math. Chuck's got a degree, uh, you know? And, um, and he was right, and I beat him, and he was, the, he was the second person to get it. I'm here with a celebrity. I, whatever you guys do, on Saturday, 
Definitely tune into the game just for the Sox math portion because Sean and I played versus each other in the 108 tournament a couple of years ago, and he made it really close. It, and also, I think it was uh, Rob Hart. Close. He made it closer than it should be. Sean was a very, very young in his uh, Sox and Sox slash uh, score career, and he made it really close because his videos he had were just so great, and people really gravitated towards him. And so he'll put out something really good. Like, I don't know – I don't mind the one you just said, but I'll be looking forward to something maybe a little different because I already seen that. I mean, I'm already, I'm already thinking about hey, it right now. But I, that is really good, though. I love. You're not gonna bring the coach back? No, I mean, I mean, it's it's, it's easy to bring the coach back. I don't know if you got to have a bar again. Would Stony appreciate the coach? Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's difficult. I first off, I appreciate the kind words, but I don't know. And but, also, I, 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 it was you won ninety eight to two or to one to one. Yeah. Rob Hart and I literally were battling for second place. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it will be a deep cut. You should do it. We'll see. Do the Billy Madison one. Well, I, I have another one idea, an, an idea that is probably a little more original. Mm-hmm. So I might uh, end up going with that I just one. can't wait. I can't wait for it. Um, also, it's- NFL news apparently only breaks during uh, our show. Cards and Kyler Murray agree to a five-year deal worth $230 million. Um, It just feels like, I mean, Baker May- May- Mayfield was traded during our show, so uh, I don't know. It's just weird to see. Uh, the Desert Dachshund. That's what uh, my guy, Brad Evans, calls him. The Desert Dachshund. Getting money. Dachshund's a dog, right? Yeah, because he's short. He's oh, oh, yeah. He, okay, yeah, I can see that. And he plays in Arizona. His legs look funny. Yes. For an NFL quarterback, that man's le- legs look hilarious he's like 511 yeah he's short um shout out to jake chgo show during the workday. say less you got it we got you covered tomorrow we will be live uh for a pre and post game uh so make sure you join us for that that will be starting at 6 30 uh we'll be previewing that guardians game and shout out to jack so socks are better on the road uh this year than last uh, they're the third best american league team on the road this year that's been shocking to see um and that's half the reason why when we are starting to talk about this second half the White Sox are going to be a better team in this post-All-Star uh, schedule. Firstly, the bad teams are playing. Secondly, they've played horribly at home. They've played, like, sub-500 baseball at home, and that doesn't happen for most teams in Major League. Even if you have a losing record overall, you usually win more games at home than you lose. So I think the White Sox will recover and starts on tomorrow with the Guardians games. Yeah, and it's going to be important. I mean, it's just more AL Central games. It was 15 and 14 days, but the stretch still continues. Uh, so, I mean, you're going to have, what, 19, I think, in, in, in that stretch. So, yep. I mean, it, it's important. I'm excited to see how they come out of the gate. Uh, you know, I mean, how does this team look with this long of a break? And maybe they feel refreshed, rejuvenated. They were great heading out of the break. So maybe you finish high like that. You're able to carry this through. And since June 9th, they've scored the second most runs in the MLB. So, I mean, that's been fun to see. I mean, this this Sox team feels like they have a different energy. Um, I love Rusted bringing in second half themes will include uh, – the Yohan haters got quiet. Yaz is Yaz again. Oh, my God, August Abreu is now in the MVP conversation. <laughs> and, yes, Cease is going to win the Cy Young. Uh, I think the one that's going to actually happen is Cease winning the Cy Young. And uh, I, he's just really felt like such a different pitcher at this point. Um, August Abreu, we, he's around the corner. He's coming. We know he's dangerous. Um, and that's why I, I feel so confident in the Sox. Because if they can have a good end of July, I know August will be good for them. Right? I, yeah. I agree, but like you were saying, I think you said it on Monday, like the first day the White Sox did not have a game. You're like, I miss baseball already. Yeah. And it's because the White Sox played so well going into the break, and that's what I worry about, like that 
time off. Like, I know momentum is the next day starting pitcher, but also when you're playing well and you're hitting well, like Yoan starting to get his stroke back, the full team is starting to murder teams, and then show, showing the Minnesota Twins that you guys are pretenders. I hope you guys enjoy the first place uh, status that you have currently because we're coming for it real soon for it. And that's why I was really mad that, oh, man, the All-Star break is here. But that confidence you have into going into the All-Star break with the rest that they're going to have, which is needed for Michael Kopech and a couple of their starters who have been injured, is going to be key for them going down the stretch here in these last 70 games, I believe. And I hope they keep the same mentality that they had versus the Minnesota Twins and the last two games versus the Guardians, even probably the first two games. Hey, these teams in front of us, they think they're better than us. Let's show them in these four games that you guys are still a little brother. And that's what the White Sox will do versus the Guardian. Yeah, and I, I do worry always against the Guardians just because they do have great right-handed pitching. You'll we, we will see uh, Cal Quantrill again. We'll see Tristan McKenzie again. Mm-hmm. You'll see Shane Kiever on Sunday. Um, so I, I just worry because McKenzie ha- has had good starts mm-hmm. against the Sox before. Quantrill's had good starts against the Sox before. But hey, uh, if we're saying Yohan uh, Mancada haters are going to be silenced, uh, Cal Quantrill, known Yohan Mancada hater. And I, I assume Yasmani Grandal will be activated for tomorrow's game. We're not. I'm not sure. I, I would. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, he just got a ton of you know time off. Uh, he's, he's looked like he's swinging a healthy bat down there. Feels like it's time. Yeah. So and and I know that they're going to keep all three catchers like we were speculating. I wonder who they're going to send down for um, Yasmani coming back to the major league squad. I have no problem. I would have a huge problem if they sent either of the two guys down because I don't think either of them have any options left, either Sebi or well, uh, Reese. Yeah. I know Reese doesn't have any. That's why he was traded to the White Sox. Both guys would have to get one of the guys, whoever got sent down, would have to be DFA because yeah. I, I think the idea is that they wouldn't ca- carry three catchers. I wouldn't want them to. Um, so I'm, I'm fine to say goodbye to Reese McGuire at this wow. point. Wow. Wow. Really? Wow. He's, he's, he's not. I mean, Sebi has just been better. Okay. And at this point, he's, I mean, Yasmani Grandal is the highest paid free agent in team history. Yes. He has to play. You have to get him out there. Sebi's just been better. That's all it is. It's business. Thanks, Reese, for your time. I mean, the lack of flexibility in their, you know, playing any other position besides designated hitter makes them in a bind. But I would be fine if they sent Gavin Sheets back down. I know he's been no, hitting, God, no. hitting much better. And I know he's our lefty power bat, but we're going to have our regular lefty power bats in the lineup already with uh, uh, Yoan and Yaz if they're both coming back. And I know, but Gavin has, he has options. But That's the thing I'm saying. And maybe, yeah. and is Jake Berger been sent down or is he still in the IL? Uh, Berger is on the IL and making his rehab games, uh, rehab appearances right so now. Maybe so maybe you just, just started his rehab. Maybe you just... Send Jake Berger down because I would love to keep three of those catchers, all three of those catchers. It's a good and bad problem to have because of the lack of flexibility. But I think Reese McGuire would be solid, and I don't know if Sevi Zavala is this guy the whole time. I, I understand that, but th- like I'm fine taking that gamble because Reese hasn't done anything with the bat. Um, Jake's asking, McGuire's been our de- best defensive catcher, though. Uh, no. I think, actually, Sebi has passed him. Uh, Reese was one of the uh, better ones to start the year, but he has fallen off, and he is no better than Yasmani Grandal and Sebi Zavala, uh, Zavala when it comes to framing. Uh, and Sebi's been really good defensively, especially uh, at plays at the plate. He's been really good at scooping up, tagging. Um, he's been really nice at making some picks. So uh, 
I just think that defensively, especially that with the confidence that Sebi has gained offensively, um, his defense is, is, has definitely caught up to his offense. And, you know, we've heard before that Sebi was a really good catcher down in the minor leagues, and I think we're seeing that right now. Um, I would say, you know, DFAing Leary sounds like a smart idea. Jake say we should just DFA Leary and keep all three catchers, to be honest. But you know, I think if the decisions between Reese McGuire or Gavin Sheets, I'd rather see Gavin Sheets because he's a more valuable bat off that bench. But that's what I'm saying. Like they would, you lose Reese McGuire. He's off the team. Some other team is going to scoop him up. There is no way he's getting through waivers there. With Gavin Sheets, you have at least some time to reassess and have him go down to AAA. I know he's been doing well, but. I don't see the need for him if we're trying to get Sebi some extra at-bats or Reese catching that day, and then one of the guys has to be a designated hitter. And if we have Aloy back, too, where is he gonna, where is Gavin Sheets going to get his at-bats? In right field still with A.J. Pollock? Well, yeah, I mean, it has to be in right field because Pollock's been so bad. He's been all right against left-handers. But, yeah, I mean, you, now your right field is going to look like Ingle. Engel, Pollock, and, and Aloy. Or uh, Engel, Pollock, and Gavin Sheets. And now you'll have Vaughn and Aloy splitting time out in left field. And I would like it's to. It's ugly. Yeah. That's, that's the White Sox. I would like to take the option away from Tony to play Gavin Sheets all the time he plays him. He's been, right he's been better. He's been better, and, and I think that he's provided. The White Sox wouldn't be where they are right now, especially after June, if Gavin Sheets hasn't been up. I mean, they, they, they fixed something. He looks a little bit more confident out there. I, I, I agree with you that I am for upgrading that position entirely. Go out and get a right fielder. If Gavin Sheets isn't on this team after August 3rd, I won't mind, but... Great. He's better than Reese. Uh, we got a super chat from our guy, Rustin. Uh, this super chat is for all of you hashtag elite Yohan haters out there. Cry more. Yohan <laughs> is going to be silencing fools and haters. Second half is ours. Go Sox. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm excited for him. Uh, you know, I was listening to Dan Samborski and Josh Nelson from Sox Machine today, and they were talking about Yohan Moncada, and Dan was like, you know, he is the guy that has put up a five-win war season before, a four-win uh, war season before. Um, if the walking comes around, Yohan Moncada will be a valuable player again. And, and I think we saw that. I think in his last nine games, he had an OPS over 900. So it felt like Moncada was back, and I think it's mostly due to the yellow shoes. Yes, and he went away from him, like, in the middle of that. and He had to get him cleaned. Yeah, and, like, got hurt. And I was like, hey, man, you lose the mustard shoes, you lose your power. He's That's your Samson thing right there. You lose the yellow gloves and the yellow shoes, you can't hit anymore. It's an old saying. You look good, you play good. Mm -hmm. Play good, they pay good. So keep on doing that, Yoan. Whatever you need to do, be swagalicious out there. But the, the ketchup on the hot dog thing you had yesterday, Yoan. That was it, brutal. It's your mouth. But also, that's a child's condiment. But Come on is, now. What is he, six? Yeah. I mean, I, I, my, I'm my good friend, and Steven's looking around like he's six years old. Are you six years old and you only put ketchup on your hot dog? If that's the criteria for putting. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, then yeah, I'm six years old. I, lo I love my dear friend Marty. Uh, my, my, my friend Marty O'Connell is a, a good, good friend. Uh, but he literally, I think his favorite food is hot dog and ketchup. Ugh. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, what, what are we doing here? You're like, adults. I, I'm, you pay rent. I'm in favor of things that enhance the flavor of the main thing. I think ketchup masks the flavor of a hot dog. It is your mouth, so eat it with whatever you want to, but I'm going to judge you. You don't have to, though. I'm going to judge you. Yeah. And I'm going to judge my fiancé, who also eats hot, uh, ketchups, or hot dogs with ketchup on it. I'm like, if you're at the house and making a house dog, cool. But you're out there 
at a gourmet hot dog spot like Gene and Jude's and gourmet is a little far or you're out there at Super Dog, wherever you're at, get it how it's supposed to be made. Get it how the chef wants you to eat it with onions. And he was like, Saboya on a hot dog. Saboya. I was like, yeah, that's Chicago. Like, how long you been in Chicago, Yuan? You have not tried a Saboya? I know know you've been to the region. They eat hot dogs out there, too. Can you not smell the onions from their base? They're right. They're right there. Come Mm. on. Uh, It's brutal. Uh, And uh, EV saying, don't yuck the boys, yum. Damn. I get it. You know, I mean, it is, you know, what people like. I don't care. You got to eat. All right. I'm just trying. Like, like people have introduced me to different things where I didn't know. Right. Like, they've introduced me to Thayin. It's great. It's awesome. Like you eat tying with anything, watermelon, uh, mango. You can eat it with popcorn. And it's a good thing to know. Like I didn't know before. I'm giving Johan the knowledge. Like you should never eat your hot dog with something that's going to mask the flavor of the hot dog. So ketchup is a masking of the flavor of hot dog. I, did you, you see the uh, Kentucky quarterback who puts mayo oh in his coffee? Oh, my Jesus Christ. Yeah. That I hope was, they lose that was every more game. upsetting. They should lose every game. I, I, he put more mayo even? in that coffee than you should put on a sandwich. Yes. And I love mayonnaise on a sandwich. If you just spread it just on the two pieces of bread, just enough, that's about it. Thin. He put like probably like two tablespoons of effing mayo in his coffee. It was a squeeze bottle, too. Yeah, I was like, oh, this man is disgusting. Yeah. I hope Kentucky loses every single game and he goes to jail for life. Look at KPW's reaction. This is Canada. Canada. They do weird shit up there, Herb. They, may, they eat fries with mayonnaise. He says, wait, mayo in his coffee. Yes. Mayo in his hot coffee. I don't know why cold to make it better, but <laughs> hot mayo is disgusting. I and, don't. And the thing is, the, the mayonnaise wasn't like going no, in it like a, no. like a creamer would eventually turn the, the coffee like brown. This was just staying on the surface and just, ugh. Uh, the fat was like separating from the rest of the mayonnaise. I was like, oh, why is he doing that? I wouldn't eat mayo by itself. No. Like, I, and I he put it in a coffee, which I don't like either. I just drink it so I can be hyped for the show. I won't be able to eat mayo for a week after seeing that video. I, I will be asking for all my sandwiches without I think mayo. Cody ate a whole jar of mayo. But that was for a bet. Yeah. That's different. If it's for money, I understand. But this guy is willfully putting mayo in his coffee. I will absolutely... Yuck that yum. Uh, and I'm not enjoying mayo in your coffee talk, but if you enjoy CHGO, which we hope you are, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Leave your bet life at PointsBet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, real quick, I want to go up to uh, our guy Jimbo's comment just because I thought it was really sweet, and I appreciate you guys. Uh, up a little bit more, 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 uh, up, up, up a little bit more. Up, he's got two uh, we'll go to. Uh, I, I'd like to echo Palho's mic and thank you guys for your great work. I've been less present lately for a variety of reasons, but look forward to the race to the finish. Appreciate you, Jimbo. Uh, I appreciate our Jim, uh, Jake Berger lookalike. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you know Jimbo's in a, in a, uh, in a professional adult uh, baseball league? Oh, yeah. He's I a pitcher. Him, I saw him throwing on the yeah. mound. Yeah. Yeah. Jimbo's sick. Yeah. Jimbo throws some heat. Probably more junk balls than uh, actual, like, 
fire, but yeah, Jimbo, I saw him in the uniform. I was like, my man looks sharp out there. We need Jimbo's grips here. And uh, if we can go back to Jimbo's uh, comment about home runs, I thought it was a good, probably a good jumping point for the Sox. Sox are 600, or uh, they have a 60% win, win percentage in close games. They win more games in parks that allow fewer home runs. The G rate is second in home run park factor. In conclusion, ball go far, team go far. This is absolutely correct. The White Sox have the 26th worst slugging percentage at home. They have a uh, way to runs created plus of 90 at home, which is tied for 25th worst. Um, and that's, you know, around San Diego. And San Diego is playing in a pitcher's park. Like Jimbo says, you know, that that is the best park in the major leagues, the G-rate, for left-handed power. So that's, again, another reason why I don't want to send Gavin Sheets down. Reese McGuire hasn't even been able to take advantage of that park yet as a left-handed hitter. Um, I, I would love to see Gavin Sheets, and I would love to see any move for a left-handed bat at the deadline. I think that could take the Sox to the next level. It's why I was, you know, stumping for Kyle Schwarber this year during the offseason. And like we had the Super Chat, and it was $5 for the Yoan haters. That's a big-time game. Rusted, this Super Chat is for all you elite Yoan haters out there. Cry more. Yoan's going to be silencing fools and haters. Second half is ours. Go Sox. That, that guy and Aloy Jimenez, who has hit two home runs this year. Two. That's the key to the White Sox second half. And, of course, Yasmani Grandal. We need more power production from those three bats specifically. Now, Yoan can hit home runs anywhere. And I think Aloy can hit home runs at any part of the field. But it seems like he is trying to pull everything. As Steve said a couple years ago, I think it was 2019, when Aloy starts hitting the ball to right field, watch out. That is means that he's allowing the ball to get deep, and he's trusting his hands to get through the zone quickly. He's not rushing. He's not swinging and flailing at those outside sliders. Well, he's just letting that ball travel and do its break and then serving that ball out to right field. And he has enough power, like most of these White Sox hitters. Tim Anderson has shown you. Enough power to get the ball out to right field. And if we're getting the most home runs out there to right field in this ballpark, right-handers can reach that too. So Aloy, Yoan. Yasmani, who was hitting bombs down there in AAA and AA, need to come up for the second half. And if they perform to the back of the baseball card in the second half, and if Yasmani has the second half that he had last year, watch out. White well, Sox are going to be attacking people. And it felt like Yasmani, it's something, I mean, it's, it is minor league pitching, but it felt like something woke up for him. Um, I mean, he had like an OBP, I think over 500 uh, in, in AAA and AA. He had a slugging percentage over 600. So it feels like, you know, that, 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 that might be coming, right? I mean, he had 23 homers last year. If he can get up to 10 by the end of the year, I know that isn't a ton for the most paid White Sox free agent of all time. But still, I mean, getting up to 10 home runs with the season that he has had, that'd be great. I think right now he's got two. So if he's able to hit eight in the last half of the, the, the year for the Sox, let's go. I think that's a low number for him, and I appreciate you giving him that pass. I'm, I'm asking for 20. 20? You owe, you owe us. You want to hit him, you want him to yes. hit 18 homers? Yes, in 70 games, yes. Yes, Monty, you got to you got to get got to get loose. He had twenty what twenty six last year, twenty three last in year, ninety games. Yeah, so. twenty three and ninety two, I think. Or okay, he owes some home runs for the games he played, and I know he was hurt. And our guy Vinny said he was recovering from multiple things, multiple injuries, and playing through them. I disagreed with the White Sox plan to do that of him playing through injuries, but 
now he seems like he's fully healthy. He's got his legs underneath him, and Yasmani starts launching the balls. That's where the White Sox are going to go far with those three guys, Yasmani, Yohan, and Aloy, finally bringing the power bat to the White Sox. I'm down with uh, you know more power coming from what's inside the uh, the, 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 the team. Uh, it would be great to see more power from Robert. Feels like he's finding that stroke Is more consistently. Fine? Uh, what was that? Is he fine, though? I mean, he's lightheaded. The last thing we heard was lightheadedness that has kept him out. You'd hope that he'd be all right once he came back from Chicago. We haven't heard from the team. Uh, he was supposed to go back to Chicago on Monday uh, with Minnesota and get examined by the team doctors. We haven't heard anything from the team since, but I assume that that probably means no news is good news. Mm-hmm. That probably, you know, he's fine and recovered. So hopefully he can do it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not too concerned about Luis Robert. I don't know if you – there sounds like there's more concern in your voice. Like, I looked at the play – I didn't see anything, and I get lightheaded, and he sat out for the next two games. And maybe that was because, you know, no need to, no need to rush him. Firstly, Adam Ingles having a great series. Secondly, we're going right into the All-Star break. Give him enough time to recover. We'll sec- check him out back in Chicago. And hopefully that's all it was, just extra days off. You need him anyways. Lightheadedness is nothing to play with. We're going to get an MRI, make sure everything's on the up and up. And getting to go. So if we have a positive uh, word from the White Sox that Robert's good, that'll be awesome. Because then, finally, when Yasmani comes back, we'll have our Voltron. Everything will come all together for the first time this year. And imagine, and Palos Mike says, I think there was an IL time for Robert. We have heard it. We have heard about it by today. And that's mm-hmm. correct, Palos Mike. Having that full team back where they've played, what, 10 games? in the last couple of years together will be a thing. Be and they'll great. be the team that we envision them to be. We'll be at full health offensively, at least. Def- I mean, uh, pitching-wise, we're still kind of shaky because Michael Kopech, that's still kind of scaring me how he's kind of falling off the table. Good outing in Minnesota, but the miles per hour is still down. Well, he, kinda, he got up to 95. I, was, I think it was his uh, third highest uh, average uh, pitch velocity. Yeah, but he's 98 when he's good. And if he goes up three miles per hour. I mean, that just kind of shows, like, you know, hopefully he's getting healthy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's, I think that's a really encouraging sign. I'm, I, I'm, I'm less worried about Kopech than I was. I'm easily still worried more, most about Lance Lynn. and still having his first inning on struggles too. That's true. And I, hey, I mean, I, I heard this discussion. I don't know if you have any thoughts, but uh, if Michael Kopech needed to move to the bullpen, we talked that he's easily over. You know, what if it's in last year's uh, outing? He's closing in on 100 innings. I think he's around 90. Um, what are your thoughts on moving him possibly to the bullpen? Or do you need him in the starting role? Or do you go out and get a starter at the trade deadline? And then you got Cueto, Lynn, Gilito, Cease, new starter, and then Kopech coming out of the bullpen whenever you need him. I would love for Kopech to be ramped down from where he is at right now. He's pitched the most innings he's ever pitched as a professional baseball player or as a major league baseball player. This is his first year of full starting. So, yes, it's going to be really tough for him to uh, finish Strong. I think I predicted 125 innings before the season, and he's quickly approaching that. So if he pitches as a starter in the five-man rotation, he's going to exceed that by far. I think he's going to get to at least 145 innings if he continues with this pace. But I see the White Sox probably ramping him down. And I have faith in what Davis Martin has done and the couple times he's pitched for the White Sox. And to a lesser degree, Jimmy Lambert, 
but I do like Jimmy Lambert in the bullpen with 98-mile-per-hour stuff. Like, never thought that was going to be coming into fruition with Jimmy Lambert. If he's a guy like this, maybe he's a nice uh, piece where you can – send him to another team or have him as a, like a, instead of Jose Ruiz, you have Jimmy Lambert or just another option in there or ahead of Joe Kelly, which who's actually looked kind of good the last couple of times he's been out there, mm-hmm. but they have some options if they want to shut down Michael Kopech or just slow him down for now, because I'm concerned about his arm. I'm concerned about his, his uh, stamina going forward. And in the playoffs, Technically, he probably won't pitch if it's the first round. You're probably going to go with Cease and Giolito, and then right now, not Lance Lynn. You're going to go with Johnny Cueto if it stays the way it is right now. If Kopech has his velocity, I would go Kopech. Over Over Cueto? Absolutely. Woo, friends. Do you remember what Kopech did with his velocity versus the Yankees? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's just, to me, he did that twice against the Yankees. Not even having his best fastball in one of those starts. I mean, like, I understand Cueto can keep guys off balance to keep that, but there's just more next level stuff with Kopech. Is it better to have Johnny Cueto as a starter and Michael Kopech as a reliever, or as Michael Kopech as a starter, Johnny Cueto as a reliever? You're reading my mind. Uh, we saw that happen with Texas. You know, uh, Kopech had to leave the first inning, and then uh, Cueto ended up coming in, and it went all right. We did see Dylan Cease uh, warming up at the bullpen. Uh, he was just getting his bullpen in in that game, but we all saw Dylan Cease reliever. Um, I would actually, I mean, we see Kopech's first inning struggles. Why not go Kopech as the opener and then roll with Kopech coming out of the bullpen? So Cueto maybe he's the, uh, got he's that a- mindset of like, hey, I just got to attack because, you know, it's already the sixth inning. So you said you would go Kopech Cueto in that no. order. Cueto opener. Cueto okay. opener. Kopech coming in in the bullpen. Okay. Out of the bullpen. All right. It wouldn't be an opener because Cueto is going to say, hey, I'm pitching seven. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's but hey, zero runs. Hey, and then uh, you here. Know, here, here <laughs> comes in the seventh, eight, and ninth, Michael Kopech. Yikes. Watch out. Um, and it, it is interesting, too. I think Pale Hose Mike uh, ended up saying, you know, Kopech's going to get uh, more rest, too, because he's not – uh, supposed to be pitching in the Cleveland series. So Lucas Giolito will get the start on Friday for the Sox. Johnny Cueto on Saturday. Lance Lynn on Saturday. There's a doubleheader at 12-10 and 6-15. The uh, later game is on Fox. Friday's game is on Apple TV+. And then on Sunday, 1-10 game, Dylan Cease will be on the mound versus Shane Bieber, which will be fun. But I'm surprised that you don't see Davis Martin getting called up here. And maybe you push even Lance Lynn, throw him in Colorado, and then you have Kopech, who you know, likely would probably end up pitching in Colorado. The reason is because they have off days both on Monday and I believe on Thursday Mm -hmm. when they travel out to Colorado. So there's no need to have a bullpen arm, a guy coming up from the minor leagues when you can have those off days in between there and you don't have to have, you know, the 19 games in a row or the 20 games in a row that they sometimes have where you want to have a minor league arm being brought up. Uh, for that double header, so yeah, I much rather have the the arms out there, and I know that Lance Lynn is, str- is struggling this year, but this this break, this All Star break, I saw him in the pool, relaxing, enjoying time with his family. Hopefully, it was good. He can uh, learn how to pitch again, be the guy that he was last year, because this year's guy is rough. Yeah, really rough. I have faith. It's waning with every start, but I have <laughs> faith. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what the Sox do. Let's look at their uh, per- remaining schedule and kind of figure out what this team needs and what this team might do. I, I think a starter is definitely in the uh, the odds here. Maybe they go out and go all in because it feels like they 
want to win this division. It feels like that has been the goal that they see that Minnesota isn't that strong um, and co- can go and take that team down. Uh, so the Astros and Padres, those are playoff caliber teams. Uh, they got seven games left against the Astros and Padres. They got nine games left versus the Twins. They got 10 games left against the Guardians, four of them coming up this weekend against the Mariners, Orioles, and Rangers. There are 10 games left, and thank you, Stephen, for moving them into the wild card uh, instead of the offensive term I think that we're using. What would we call them? Uh, Bad? No, rebuild? It was a different term. It was a rebuild. Oh. Underperforming. Oh, in this, this uh, in this category, yeah, we yeah. Just, it, was, it was another word for bad. Uh, but now the Mariners have won 14 straight, so we can't use that one. It's uh, funny. Then, the Mariners have won 14 straight, and they're nine games behind the Houston Astros. Right, and, and got that, hotter than shit just to be way behind the Astros. That's, imagine if the White Sox go on a 14 game uh, uh, win streak. The, the division is over. The division is over. So Cashed. like we called it mediocre. I mediocre. Yeah, you, it's tough to call a team on a 14 game win streak mediocre. But yeah, I mean if the White Sox went on that Mariners run or the Orioles run of 10 game 10 win games, I mean done. It's it's over. It's over. I mean the Twins can't come back from that. Um and and the White Sox need to be 3 games better than the Twins uh, in the second half. So hopefully they can do that. Uh, 34 games left against the D-backs who just got rid of Dallas Keuchel. Unfortunately, rest in uh, peace <laughs> at uh, D backs clubhouses in Chambers. Yeah, I mean, maybe you know, the White Sox, we're talking about getting another starter. Maybe they get a, a, a leader, a, you know, a proven guy, um, a Uh-oh. guy that you know, when the White Sox Uh-oh. had him, he you know, there was no clicks right in the, oh. the locker room, there were no leadership issues because that guy was there. Oh, I thought you were like saying. They should go and get the D-backs, uh, Madison Bumgarner. No, Dallas Keuchel. Okay. They, I mean, like I said, you know, 2020 was great. Yeah. Dallas Keuchel was here. 2021 was great. Dallas Keuchel was here. I mean, that's 2022 is here. Dallas Keuchel's gone. I mean, that has to be the, the link, right? That has to be the missing piece. Um, let's look at uh, – go back to the, uh, the, the schedule here. They got four games against the Guardians, two games against Colorado, three games against Oakland to close out July. Easily they should finish above 500, but – I'm thinking that August is going to be a huge month month for them. If they're able to win each of these series against Cleveland, go 3-1 and one against them, uh, if they're able to take the two games against Colorado, which they should be able to do, and if they're able to go 2-1 and one against Oakland, um, you might be looking at the first-place Chicago White Sox by April 1st, and then you play Kansas City, and then you play Texas, and then you get four more against Kansas City, then you get three against Detroit. They could put this division out of race by the 14th. And remember, the trade deadline is on August 2nd this year. Kansas City's going to trade Andrew Benintendi. I think that's a, a fait accompli. Yes, he cannot enter Canada legally, um, but he will be going to some other team. He's an all-star. He'll be uh, on a different team. So their team will be weakened. They won't have Carlos Santana on the team, even though he, he wasn't really good with the Kansas City Royals, but he always seems to do well versus us. But guess what team he's on? The Mariner. They got four games versus him. Um, Detroit, they'll be selling off probably some of those bullpen arms. They have really good uh, bullpen uh, health. I mean, Michael Fulmer will probably uh, be a trade deadline acquisition, but for some other team, I don't know if they're going to get rid of Gregory Soto, but we have games versus them. Texas, while they're in the wild card conversation, realistically they should know, yes, they spent a lot of money on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and going to get John Gray, they're not in the. They're really not in the wild card picture. They're not realistically. So I would see them maybe waning and selling somebody off. And also, KPW says Whit Merrifield be gone too. Not to your be- beloved Toronto Blue Jays, KPW, because well, no. he doesn't want the shot either. No, but he said if he if it was a playoff contender, he would get the shot. That's what he said. For a bum ass team like the Royals, I'm not getting a shot. But hey, if I'm in the playoffs, shoot me up. 
do it for your damn teammates, man. Well, yeah, Dayton Moore said it was disgusting, his yeah. comments, um, which is true. It's it's real fucking well, selfish. Well, Dayton Moore doesn't like porn either, so I'm... Well, yeah, Dayton. Grain of salt with Dayton Moore. Dayton Moore's got, got issues. Glass yeah, house is so, there. Yeah, Moore, and we already, we already talked about Jose Abreu when he circles August. The rest of the year is going to be August. Even after August, we're going to do like we did Locked on Socks last year. It's going to be August 32nd, August 33rd <laughs> in September. We're going to just have a calendar. Like, Sean's going to introduce the show. Welcome to CHGO White Sox. It is August 45th, and Jose Abreu has hit his 20th home run this month. He's going to have 40 by the end of the year. Uh, Dave Barista uh, saying Orioles are, Orioles are not serious. I'd imagine they sell. Uh, yeah, it's tough to not sell in that division when you're 20 games out of uh, the first first place. But they, they're good. I mean, they, I mean, we see uh, that at least, you know, even if they don't have the best pitching, they could take three out of four against the White Sox. So I really don't want to, uh, you know, put too much uh, disrespect on their name. Uh, and shout out to Jackie. Jackie in the chat. Uh, I thought Sean was steering towards, uh, not Dallas Keuchel, but Jose Quintana. We'd be fine with Quintana. Oh, my Bring God. him back. We're out the red carpet for him. Yellow that, carpet? That would be my birthday. I would love Q back. You know me. I love me some Q. That is my favorite pitcher in that era, even better than Chris Sale. I'm not He was a better pitcher, but I loved him more. When Q went to the Cubs, I was like, man, it's a tough pill to swallow. But we got Eloy. <laughs> we got Flete. We got Rose. And some guy named Cease. Who? I don't know. Yeah. I oh, yeah, I forgot. The, I heard he I tried forgot hitting. The, I forgot. The uh, the Dylan Cease uh, revenge tour is coming to a stadium near you, too. Because he didn't get named as the as an all-star as he should have. Oh, he, couldn't, he wouldn't have pitched anyways. Name him as the goddamn all-star. They should do it, like, post when he wins his Cy Young. And his Cy Young things, like, I like to thank Dusty Baker for uh, Absolutely getting nothing. me right. <laughs> yeah, getting me right here where I am when I got a sub one ERA in the second half. F the rest of y'all. Thank you for my Cy Young. I'm out, bitches, and throw a disc golf at somebody. All right, you'd be down for Jose Quintana. What about another lefty, Joey Gallo? Would you be down with Joey Gallo? It's a name we haven't brought up. I'll be better with Joe, Jerry Gallo. Um, no, I'm good. I'm real good. Do you know what his batting average is since he's been traded to the Yankees? Uh, 150. 162. Brutal. Does he get on base, though? Not like he used to. Yeah. Okay. Does, he, does he hit home runs? Yeah, he does that a little bit. He has a 11. Not, not so much. He has 11. He'd be second on the White Sox. I want to say his on-base was 280, Herb. And that's weird, too. Like, we know the short porch they have there in Yankee Stadium. Come on now. Right. They only hit 11 home runs this year. That's disgusting. As a lefty power bat. I, I think that's a guy that can't handle New York. I mean, I think, I think it's just honestly pretty clear that that guy cannot handle New York. Maybe if you get him out and into a different place, he's able to find more of that power. It'd be great. And maybe, hey, send him down to AAA, fix his swing, then call him up. And I think he does field the ball pretty well. Yeah. If I recall his Rangers days, he was a decent fielder where, yeah, where he wasn't a liability. He actually was pretty decent in the outfield. So he would be an upgrade in right field. I would take him over Gavin Sheets. Let's say that. You would. If it, if it was, and if the trade was Joey Gallo for Gavin Sheets, I've already done the deal. I've already, like once they said, Gavin, I'm hit the button and I'm shipping him out there. But I think it'll be a little bit more than just Gavin Sheets. I mean, Gavin has produced better. Uh, Joey has a minus four outs above average in left field this year, one out above average in right field. So hasn't been good this year defensively. But in 2021, six outs above average. Yeah. Yeah. So I, historically, I would be, he's been good. Yeah, I'll be rolling dice on the guy that he was as Texas Ranger, not the Yankee 
and he's still relatively young where a change of scenery, like Steven said, he probably can't handle New York. Chicago's a little less, uh, a little less rough than the media out there in New York, I think, and they have a less op- uh, aspirations for the World Series. The Yankees are already pissed that they got like 70 wins, and Yankee fans are like, if we don't win the World Series, fire everybody. <laughs> I'm like, you guys have one of the best teams and are tracking as the best offense and Ever. the best pitching staff, and you're like, oh, here, just already – thinking about the World Series, which is a great thing to think about. Hey, and that's that Yankee mindset right there, and that's why uh, the captain airs tonight because uh, they're just making seven-part documentaries about their team because, you know, they got 27. About uh, bad shortstops. Yeah. Bad hey. fielding shortstops. He was pretty decent offensively. 3,000 hits. That's tough to do. Yeah. Uh, and shout-out to Shakia Taylor, who's in that as well. Oh, yeah. She's, she's gotten some shout-outs because of the Jay Westbrook uh, stuff. But, and I didn't uh, even see the episode because I missed it, and I saw all the tweets for Shake. So, yeah, shout-out to Shake. I think the episode is on later on tonight. At 8 o'clock, but don't watch that. Don't watch that at all. Watch me on the 108 tonight. Hey. YouTube. There you go. I'm going to be on with the guys from the 108. I think uh, Ken W.O. Ugh. and Celeste Spaghetti will also be on the panel. So, so watch that show tonight. I'll probably be drunk and or high. Enjoy. I will enjoy watching her be drunk or high. Um, all right, her final thing. Uh, we got to go through some predictions and, and see how we did. Uh, we did this way back Ugh. before the season. Uh, the Sox final record will be? I said, what, you want me to do it now? Uh, yeah, let's just do, do your, your record now. What are they going to finish the season at? I can't do the math. You're the math guy. I think they'll finish with 87 wins. Okay. 87. 87. You said 94, so yeah. a, a fall a little, right there. A little downshift for yeah, me. Not good to see. Uh, I said 95, so it's not better for me. Uh, I think they'll finish with 88 wins. I, I think they'll, they'll be a little bit better than you, just like uh, you or last time. Uh, you said 94, I said 95. You say 87, I'll say 88. Uh, is the ALDS where they'll still reach if they make the playoffs? Correct. Yeah, yes. I, I really don't see them and, taking a step further. And looking at, and I think KPW and some people in the chat can correct me, and you, if you guys know, correct me, please. Even if the White Sox win the AL Central, I think the playoffs are the team with the better record gets to host that first-round game. So if you're a wild-card team, you still get to host the wild White Sox if you have a better record. If I read that correctly, I could have read it wrong, you know. Well, North what, I, what I've heard is it's no different if you're a wild card team winner or a division winner at this point because you're still just going to be playing uh, whoever. So uh, yeah, I, 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 since the playoffs changed, they added a new wild card. Not really caught up on on the the, the playoff rules at, at this point. Uh, Jackie said she went from 96 to 86. Brennan's going with 83 uh, wins, and uh, Cherizy says drunk or high sounds good. So uh, drunk or high herb sounds perfect for Cherizy. Uh, Michael Kopech will pitch. How many innings? I said 132 or 131 and two thirds. Uh, you said 125. Yeah, so it sounds like we're tracking there. We're tracking, and the White Sox do what they should do, as some people have suggested, and you suggested maybe have him in a reduced role, like a spot starter. Skip a start of his if you can have Davis Martin take that start instead, and then have Michael Kopech do like a 10 day rest, even though he didn't do well in the nine day rest when he had the pitch versus Toronto. I think that's more Toronto than him actually having the rest. I think that would be better for his arm, better for the White Sox, because some of those starts have been rough, especially in that first inning. Describe Luis Roberts' 2022 oh, season Christ. in one oh, sentence so far. So far, how would you describe it in one sentence? Disappointing. Yep. Uh, just very, like, very disappointing because we both said that he'd be an MVP. Yeah. 
I thought he was going to have one of the best, I think I said the best offensive season in White Sox history at the end of the year. He was tracking as such. With his last year coming up, this is third year, I thought, like, okay, he's understood how to hit Major League Pitching. He's understood how they're attacking him and to sit back and relax and enjoy what pitches come to him. But, no, he's been flailing a lot of uh, sliders. But as of late, it seemed like he read the scouting reports. He's in. He's thought through at bats, seeing what pitchers are doing to him and spitting on sliders all the time. And then if you have a ball middle middle, he will destroy it. He will not only hit it hard; he will hit it fast and and far. That Minnesota Grand Slam, man, I was in Denver. I could have flew back home by myself <laughs> with my own wings. It was just so great to see him murder that ball. Yeah, I, I hope he's able to turn it around and find more of that power consistently because when we see it unleashed it goes 450 feet plus 480 feet plus like see, we have we have conflicting things that. brendan says herb is the right team with best record with holes kpw yeah. says herb the division winners will host regardless of record i looked at sporting news and sporting news just said four will host five three will host six and, and that's all i got uh the most important player for the 2022 season in the second half will be for the Sox. yes grandel okay i like that i'll just go with jose abreu Jose Bray is hitting home runs. I think the team will be all right uh, no matter what because some of you will get in on base, whether it's Tim, Yoan, uh, Yasmani, Luis. Uh, uh, Jose will be driving in somebody. Uh, the correct prediction that every Sox fan sees coming is Sox win the AL Central? That's literally what I said in the before the season. The Sox will win the AL Central. I think we've kept that same energy. I've waned a couple times, but I knew we had a bunch of games versus the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Guardians, so I knew the team – that showed up in Minnesota was more likely to show up in the second half and we'll catch these people. And our guy Alex Root said they're going to win it by five games plus. And I was looked at him like, mm. now I'm like, Alex is a fucking genius. I just said that they're going to probably be putting the division away by August 14th. So I, I'm smoking something. Is that uh, when apparently. we go on our 14 game winning streak? I think so. Okay. I think from uh, the, the 22nd of July to the August 14th. Um, I said that, uh, you know, Robert for MVP is obvious, which it's not. I will also add that Lucas Giolito will finish top five in American League Ooh. Cy Young voting, so that's eee. not right. Uh, but Dylan Cease will. So <laughs> can I get a ding for that one? Dylan Cease will. Nope. Thank you oh, you got one. Okay. All right. Uh, this is the final one we'll do. Uh, best case scenario, obviously, World Series champion. I don't think we have to worry too much about that one. But the uh, correct prediction, no Sox fancies coming. Herb said, oh. Dallas Keuchel regains his 2020 form for half of the season. And he did I mean, not do that. that still might happen. He might go to some other team and be Dallas Keiko 2020. He had it for Didn't one hey, White Sox. Hey, he repeated his first half of the 2020 season because he's now unemployed, just like everyone, everybody was at the start of the I mean, his season. 2020 season didn't start until August, guys. Exactly. So, yeah, I still so, might be right. So, just like the first half of the season, dude didn't do shit. Yeah. In 2020. Um, anyways, uh, that's it. I mean, should I predict something that no one sees happening? Yes. Let's go with Sebi Savala starts most of the games at catcher in the second half. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I'll I'll say Michael Kopech goes to the bullpen because I think a lot of fans will be surprised. We got people in here hanging out. These are the diehards, right? We got like under 30 people. You know, usually, you know, when this this thing's rolling. We have 70. We have 70. Holy yeah. shit. Uh, it's still 70. Uh, That's a lot. Thank know, you, That guys. is a lot. Uh, usually we're rolling with like 160 on the post game. So, like, I feel like you add Wayne, you add, you know, some of the uh, the other guys that are usually watching post game with us. I feel like people are, are would not expect, uh, you know, Sox going, moving Colpeck to the bullpen. But uh, I said Andrew Vaughn will be the second most productive hitter in the White Sox behind Luis Robert. 
Dave Barista believes that Adam Ingle going to earn the starting spot in right field. I, I wouldn't be too opposed, especially the guy that showed up in Minnesota. He was gloving it. He was hitting it. That's the guy we saw most Minnesota! of uh, thanks, 2021 when he came back from his uh, torn hamstring off the bone. I don't know. He was hurt with a hamstring forever. But, yes, if Adam Engel continues with the bat, his work with Frank Minichino, that's the guy that's fixed Adam Engel. So that's why he stays. Uh, and he earns that spot in right field. I would gladly have A.J. Pollock be on the bench on somebody else's team. Gavin Sheets never to play right field ever again, ever again. And Adam Ingham playing right field, we could have a solid outfield sans alloy. Yeah, right now, I think, you know, if the White Sox are able to figure out and fix some of the issues they have at the trade deadline, maybe we'll be ready to say White Sox are able to contend for the World Series. But unless Adam Ingle turns into, you know, 2016 Adam Eaton, uh, I don't know if we're going to be a, a World Series champions. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the White Sox do at the August 2nd deadline and we'll see how the White Sox finish out in the second half. I'm feeling pretty gung-ho about it. I feel like Herb is as well. Mr. C is really gung-ho about it. He's saying 50 and 20 uh, in the second half record. Uh, That'd be real special. That'd be 92 wins right there. So uh, that'd be uh, up to our season prediction. Still a little bit less though. Uh, Still two games less. That'd be 96 wins. Oh, they have 46 wins. And I'm the math guy. What the hell? I'm the math guy on the show. I can't add 46 and 50. Can't trust St. Rita. College degree. Brother Rice. Same thing. Please. Not the same thing. Go talk to Zoe if you want to talk to a reading guy. Uh, first off, thank you to Jay Westbrook, the brewmaster, uh, the guy who is uh, very, 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 very talented. He's got the Summer of 54 beer. Uh, he's got uh, all the stuff with Haymarket that he does. Uh, you, you mentioned, yes, Major League. Uh, you, you mentioned the Heralds one that he first started off with. You can follow him at Major League, M A J A. L-E-E-G on Twitter. Appreciate Jay uh, joining us. And you could also head out to the Sox Bar and Grill tomorrow if you have a ticket. Uh, Two hours before the game, they'll be tapping the Hall of Fame edition of the Summer of 54 Beer. So shout out to Jay Westbrook and congrats to him for his accomplishments and uh, his his, his brewmastering career and his White Sox fandom. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. It's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll have a pregame starting at 630 and a postgame after the final out. Appreciate everyone for hanging out with us for over an hour. You guys rule, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.